0: Hey, ebook readers, right now, the Flight Attendant Joe series ebooks are only 2 dollars That's Fasten Your Seatbelts and Eat Your Fucking Nuts, Flight Attendant Joe, and I'm just here for the layovers on Amazon, iTunes, Nook, and Kobo, $2.99 each. Hey, everybody. If you enjoy listening to Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe, now is your chance to become a patron of the podcast. Go check out www.patreon.com slash grounded with flight attendant Joe. There's different tiered levels and each of one of them comes with something special and unique, including the Friday Debrief, which is a short podcast episode that I record on Friday mornings, just me and my coffee, and it's only available on the Patreon page for patrons. So again, check that out, www.patreon.com slash grounded with Flight Attendant Joe. Hey everybody, Flight Attendant Joe here. Are you like me? All summer long, I've been just anticipating and excited about the idea of traveling again. I just want to get out. I want to do something. I don't, When my husband asks me to go check the mail, I'm excited, okay? I think just getting out of the house and doing something is the most exciting thing right now. I am so thrilled about the idea of being able to travel again, that I'm planning my vacations out until 2025, just so I could look at them on a piece of paper and have something that I can look forward to. If you are right there too, and you're excited about travel, I want you to check out Robert and Edgar from The Getaway Guys. I have known Robert for over a decade, and he is very passionate about getting you the best deal for your vacation. They cater to airline employees, their parents, and airline retirees, and I don't know if you know this, but I am an airline retiree, and I'm gonna be checking out their website when it's time for me to book my next vacation. They can get great low interline rates with no booking fee, no booking fee. Ladies and gentlemen, that means all that money that you would have been paying for a booking fee is just cash in your pocket, in your wallet, in your purse, that you could spend when you're traveling and exploring and having the adventure of a lifetime and LGBTQ plus travelers, I fall into that category as well. They're authorized sellers of Vicaya, Atlantis, and RSVP vacations. They're a one-stop shop. You could do everything on their website, hotel, flights, car rentals, vacation packages. I want you to follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Getaway Guys Travel, and then go over to their website, thegetawayguys.com, and start looking for your next adventure because they're gonna be there ready to book it for you. Again, that's thegetawayguys.com. Check them out now. Please do it. You deserve it.
1: You do sound fine. It's like the taste of the ear is what the audio is. It's, it's the like taste. Of,
0: well, it's like tasting of the ear.
1: Yeah,
0: I like it. All right, well, let's start. We're already <laughs> recording. Oh, we are tasting wow. of the ear. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, and welcome to episode 51 of the Grounded with Flight Attendant, Joe Podcast. You all know him. He is my husband, Matt, and he is on the show today for At Home with Joe and Matt, current events edition slash anything we want to talk about. I asked him to bring some topics to the table today to discuss. We'll see if he knows how to follow orders or... <laughs> or knows what's to do because I don't even know what I want to talk about today. But I'm very excited to see him because I love looking across at his adorable face while we chit chat and talk about the world and he probably is looking at me right now like how can you keep on talking about nothing? You, Joe, should be a politician (laughs) and there would be no more nonsense. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome my husband to the show
1: and me. Hello. Hey Hi. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, this is exciting. It was a lot of fun last time. Well, I lo- I'm i glad
0: that we got you situated because before you're using a different microphone and it there was some sound quality because you don't project your voice.
1: Yeah, so I'm trying to be more mindful of that this time. That's nice. And you've given me the microphone that lets me uh, be more relaxed about my posture so yes. that I'm near the microphone. Yeah, so that helps. Yes.
0: You know, I love being able to sit here. It's so much easier when you're sitting down talking to someone. You can see their you can just see them. It it's it's an easier conversation. Yeah. It, uh, but the reason I brought this up is because uh, like a half an hour ago, you were on the sofa imagining what you were going to sound like on the microphone and I would love for you to do that impression.
1: Oh, what was the impression? I think oh, I was already just forgot. extra. Is this it? I'm speaking on the radio. I am on your podcast. This is my radio voice. I'm really trying to no, enunciate my. It wasn't
0: words. that. It was it that was more like bitch. Agador Spartacus from See, the birthday. No, about. Now it was I know, like now. it was like
1: I, I have swear. to speak
0: with an accent because I need to be very loud for the podcasting people.
1: I do not wear shoes yes. because they make me fall down. That's it. it. That's almost like a George Takei voice. That's God. my George Takei. Oh. Oh my.
0: Yeah, you're you very good at accents. Oh my. Can you do um, Buddy or what's his name from Seinfeld? Buddy? Um, Elaine's boyfriend. Oh, Putty. Putty. Oh, yeah. I'm an idiot. I'm <laughs> such an idiot. Can you do Putty? Uh,
1: yeah, maybe. <laughs> Sometimes that always, you, you have to squint. Yeah, to do it. You do a good job. Yeah, yeah. Really?
0: Can you do the job of the UPS guy knocking on the door two times when he doesn't even have the right address? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know,
0: it's so funny that I bring that up because out, ladies and gentlemen, out on our door, outside screen door, we have a sign that says no soliciting, and either people don't know what soliciting means or they just don't read it. Yeah. And it's very
1: frustrating to me. What That doesn't stop people. You don't, now, do you think they, they just don't care? Or they think you're not serious or they don't care, yeah. Or they don't know what the word means. That's what I'm afraid of. Or they have to <laughs> count off their book or whatever, their list of every address and check that they knocked there and someone will ask if they did and they have to say that they did or some shit. I don't know. I mean, if we had, whatever. A, I don't,
0: it's a little annoying
1: though. Because I won't put up, it's a warning that I'm not going to answer the door. I think you're oh, selling me something. That's my opinion. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm also not going to necessarily be, um, I don't want to be rude, but I'm not going to be polite and welcoming either. Right. I'm not going to entertain your questions because I know you're trained to extract information from unwilling people. They really have a
0: hard time just walking away. Right.
1: right. <laughs> it's right. weird. Yeah. Hmm. What, oh, co- what cocktail do you, did you make? What'd Toast. you make? I made just a gin and tonic, just a plain old gin and tonic.
0: Oh, that's nice. I ha- this is the lemonade lavender gin fizz that's going to be in my new book. Oh, it's take amazing! A- take, another I'm have
1: to take another step. Take another It's so good. Yeah, that's you know what? That's you'd pay like fourteen dollars at a fancy brunch restaurant for that. You that is so good. I used up the
0: rest of the. Um, Lavender gin, so I'm that gonna have to. So
1: good. I'm gonna have to infuse. Some and I more. think it's the perfect amount of lavender and lemon. I think they're. Bad. Oh, they're so good together. They go well together. Yeah.
0: I like blueberry and and lemon. Well, I was just thinking,
1: you know, what could be a nice decoration when we take the picture. Frozen blueberries in the glass. Oh,
0: well, there's a lot of drink. There's actually one or two drinks in the book that have a blueberry situation going on. So I don't want to over blueberry. I don't want to like be the chick from Charlie in the Factory who turned into a blueberry. Yeah, you want to. Blueberries are valuable
1: and important. (laughs) (laughs) They really are.
0: They really are, they really might are. be my second favorite berry. Did you um what's your first favorite? See the interviewer goes right in, "Well, what's your first favorite well, berry?" Commonly
1: blackberries, yeah, blackberries. Okay. But if I could uh, you know if I could find like huckleberries more often, that would mm. be a choice or boysenberries. Yeah. Those Pacific Northwest berries. Oh, are yeah. interesting. They're hard to find. Yeah.
0: I I don't like bl- uh, the thing the thing I have a problem with blackberries and raspberries are I I get the little seed things in my teeth, and I don't like that. Um, I'm definitely a blueberry guy. Yeah. Um, I do like strawberries also. You're not a big strawberry fan. I've softened to them.
1: I like, if they're mixed with other berries, I can appreciate the value.
0: I've never known anybody who didn't eat strawberries. Yeah, they're strawberries. Yeah, but I'm a blueberry person.
1: Yeah, I like the dark berries. Okay. Yeah, The darker, the better. Okay. Blackberries, blueberries, yeah. Black raspberries? How about those?
0: Um, Aren't those all black? Aren't black raspberries? Isn't that just a blueberry? No.
1: Why are you fucking with me right now? It's a raspberry that looks like a blackberry. No, it's
0: it's not. It's It's just a blackberry. It's a black raspberry. No, it's like a mini Because
1: raspberries, blackberries are more like nubs to them. They're more like creases or whatever. And then like a, a raspberry is like this little sleeve that has ridges, you know, but it's but it's hard to describe. But anyways, it's the structure of a raspberry and size, but it's dark like a blackberry. And it's called a black raspberry.
0: You know. It, I, and there's yellow <sighs>
1: raspberries. And those are weird. They're like albino.
0: I don't. Okay. For some reason, that makes sense to me. But when you say a raspberry, you when you say a black raspberry, I really think you mean a blackberry. And you're just trying to like create stories in my mind. Like when you told no. me we went to a Christmas party it's at SeaWorld at a job
1: I had 10 years ago, it's a no, 15 years ago. Probably genetically modified agriculture. Is yes. it like avocados used to be called alligator pears? Well, that's a naming issue. This is actually the, the color and structure of the genetics of the berry. Where's my phone? I need to see. I don't know if they were deliberately bred that way or what, but they exist. And I used to see them at the farmer's market. Black and, raspberries. Yeah, black raspberries. Oh, you can actually get okay. black raspberry jam in the grocery store. Well, it looks like
0: default. a blueberry. A no, it berry. looks like a blackberry. Right.
1: But it's not.
0: You know, I've already, I it's could an just imposter. Black raspberries versus blackberries. What's the difference? <laughs> oh
1: my uh, God. This is what your listeners tune in for.
0: Well, I bet you. Th- okay. Hashtag berry debate. Probably a lot of people won't know that there's a raspberry, a black raspberry, and a blueberry. And. I'm going to believe that because I did not know that, and I am very well educated on
1: berries. Not at all. <laughs> you just have to pay attention to the berries. You worked in a berry field. Didn't you pick berries or something when you were a teenager?
0: No, I worked in a farm where I picked carrots and corn. What about the cranberry
1: farm? Oh, you never worked there. But there was, was that another f- boyfriend? No, 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 no. You used to, or you lived near a cranberry farm.
0: Cranberry farm? Yeah, where they
1: flooded the bog and the cranberries... In Connecticut. I
0: think you're watching that commercial where they make ocean spray.
1: I must be. I thought you <laughs> lived near one of those no. places when we went to no. Hartford and you were like, oh, this is the farm where the cranberries.
0: No, are. the word cranberries was never said. It okay. was just like, this is the farm I used to work oh, for just when I was a teenager. Oh, okay. And now it's actually a, like a development. Yeah. There's houses there. It used to be called the Footner's Farm. Okay.
1: Now it's like called Footner Estates Yeah, or whatever.
0: But I now, don't know no, no. I'd want to
1: live someplace with Foot in the name. Well, I it was not spelt
0: like the foot on the bottom of your legs. It was
1: spelled F-U-T-T. Footner. That like butt with an F. <laughs> but,
0: <all right. laughs> Which all isn't right. any better. I, I will give you that one. I will definitely give you that one. Yeah, no, I worked on a farm and I picked corn and carrots and peppers all the time. Peppers. Wow. Well, all the time peppers. Like Tomatoes, bell peppers. bell peppers all the time. Um Melons, watermelons, yeah. And what time of year were they
1: harvesting? Like what months?
0: This was always in the, like the the late summer, fall, early fall time. So
1: like this time, like September, yes, August, September. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah,
0: because I was in school. I was. It was the summer, and then I started, but I got fired very quickly. So um, how did you get fired? Well, because. It, <laughs> Um, I was like 13 and it was my first job and it went great until it rained one day and I was like, I guess we're leaving. And they were like, get the fuck down, Shedrick. We're not done. I was like, it's raining. And I'm like in two inches of mud. They're like, yeah, when you get to 10, we'll send you home.
1: Like the farm is not closed because the farm was not closed yeah. when it rained. Yeah. You still were out
0: there picking. Yeah. Wake and up call for the white kid. It's not class. <laughs> right, yeah. right. So, um, so I, I would not go a lot. And then one day my friend Matt, who lived a couple doors down, knocked on the door. Cause I mean, it was like a 4am knock on the door. Like you were in the field at like 420. Cause we lived. Yeah, you were. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was 13. <laughs> um, and we lived like, I would say, 10 minutes from the farm. So we, he would knock on my door. And one morning, it was raining. It was just raining. It wasn't even drizzling. It was raining. And I opened the door. And he's like, come on. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going. I'm not doing. I'm not going to be in the rain and mud all day. I was like 13. I was up for Madonna. And he was like, Jim's going to fire you if you don't come in today. And I was like, I don't care.
1: Was it, what, did you care about getting the money? Like, did you need the money at the time? Were you like, really, was that part of it? I now, guess it wasn't that important to you. You know, I liked having, having I liked
0: having money to go to, but you know, at my age, at that age, all my money did was go to Pizza John's at the mall and I went to the, yeah. mo- I would go see a movie. Maybe if I wanted to buy a shirt from Bradley's department store or something, but no, I wasn't trying to pay the rent.
1: Which means if you didn't have the job, you couldn't do those kind of normal things that a teenager wants to do.
0: But I I got fired, Um, but then I came back in the winter during school break to help in the greenhouse with all the girls. See, the girls, it was a very misogynistic farm, apparently, in 1985. That was Um, the women's work? The women, all all the girls worked in the farm stand. And then in the winter, when the farm stand was closed, the girls worked in the greenhouse
1: getting all the plants ready. Are they encouraged to wear low-clut, sleeveless blouses well, they're, and stand they're, by the well, road? No, then? no,
0: no, no, no. They're students, so no. I mean, hey, that it's still... Stop.
1: Have you ever seen a high school cheerleader car wash Yeah, fundraiser? no, it
0: wasn't like that. These were farm girls. <laughs> I don't mean to be wrong. But I, don't I don't
1: even do that anymore. No, okay. <laughs> but so
0: I... Um, these were farm girls. They weren't on the corner in bikinis, mm-hmm. okay? So... They needed extra help in the greenhouse. So my friend Matt was like, Jim wants you to work in the greenhouse over Christmas break. And I was like, oh, cool. So I went and I excelled like every day. He was like, you're doing a great job. Of course, he was comparing me to the girls, probably, which is it because in the farm when I was I would be the one that got when they would play when the older kids would um, play games. Like, let me see how many times I could hit the younger kid in the head with a melon.
1: Jesus, I always
0: had the most hits.
1: Where did you go to school in the 12th century? Practically no 19 the 80s. (laughs) Throwing melons at your head. Yeah, this is barbaric. Yeah, the older
0: boys would be on the truck, and the younger kids would be on the ground, like my age, 13, and the 16 and 17 year olds were on the truck, and we would throw them a melon, and what they would do is they would catch it, and then they would throw it right back at us. Oh my god, you could hurt someone.
1: Melons uh... are big.
0: Right. Well, like, it wasn't I mean, no. I, it was like a was cantaloupe or something.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. They were dicks. This is Connecticut. They sure were. Yeah. So, um, so I worked in the greenhouse the whole summer, the whole winter, and then when it was when it was closing, I was like, oh, in the when the spring came again, they were opening up the farm stand, and I said, hey, I went back and I was like, Jim, can I work in the farm stand? Because they knew I was not capable. They knew I was gay. Obviously, they just knew I couldn't handle. The farm work. I, I I did it, but I didn't like to do it in the rain. Because <laughs> we would eat stuff. So you'd be picking peppers. You'd bite into a pepper. It was kind of fun. Um, and he's like, no, the the stand is only for girls. And I was like, yeah, but I worked in the greenhouse. He goes, that wasn't in front of customers.
1: Uh, what's that supposed to mean?
0: I think it just means the the ideology of girls work. Maybe he was protecting me from being picked on, that I was the only guy working in who wanted to work i was the only guy that wanted to work in the farm stand because i didn't want to work in the fall on the fields not because i wanted to be closer to titties
1: right no 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 no. but they like to put uh, attractive young ladies out in customer service roles because right. the customers like that
0: yeah you're right they,
1: however pervy you think that might be
0: yeah well yeah. no but you know there's the mentality of if somebody came in and said Boy, why ain't you in the in the fields with my nephew? And then I would be like Bertha Bue Miller, I don't do that, sir. I just
1: don't. Well, we need all kinds of people. We need yeah. the um, you know, we need the little gay kids in the farmstead. Now,
0: yeah. I I know for a fact <laughs> there were a couple girls in the farmstead that would have kicked ass in the field. Sure. They would have fucking, when those kids threw the melons at them, they would have just ran up, climbed up on the truck, and beat the shit out of them. But then after that, um, I ended up getting a job in a furniture store. Because, you know, that was a different time. You could be 14 years old and work
1: in a mall in a store. They didn't throw chairs at each other in the furniture store, did they? No. Okay. Okay. Why? Who Because you threw melons at each other at the Oh, farm. God, You're no, no, like, no, no, no. I okay. worked at,
0: I worked in the Charter Oak Mall in East Hartford. And I got this job um, at this, br- not just a furniture store, a brass furniture store. Oh, 80s. <laughs> yeah, well, hello. Yeah, Nothing's it's the 80s. More 80s. than that. It's like 85, 86. Did they sell water beds, too? Yes. Yeah, of course.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and um, my job was to, like, polish the brass and... Help people load up things in the back. Oh, I got so excited when I could use the cash register to ring someone up. Yeah. It was very exciting. So I've, I actually had, I've been working since
1: I was like 13. Wow.
0: And even before that, I had a paper route.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, that's impressive. You know, I, I always wanted to work as young as I could too, but I think that was about 15. Yeah, you never had a paper route or anything. Not a paper route. I just did odd jobs up until then. Okay. Oh, like a handyman, like pulling weeds or mowing lawns or uh, setting up your internet service. At a, uh, you were setting up people's internet
0: service. Yeah.
1: Twenty-five years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. sounds about right, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like ninety-three to ninety. Five, six, you know, people needed to get their dial-up going or their broadband and you know, to set it up or use Windows or whatever, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. I would do that for, yeah. So you My have been working a up. long time.
0: Because if you're making money and it you're was, working. Yeah, it wasn't
1: steady, but it was just like, yeah, I'm doing stuff for money. for Like a you know, freelancer. Yeah, freelancing. Oh, all
0: right. Yeah,
1: I'm sorry. I was working for a corporation. <laughs> just yeah. Yeah, that didn't start for me till I was 16.
0: Okay, and you worked at a
1: at a steakhouse. Oh,
0: okay. I forgot that. Yeah. Oh, Durango's. Yeah, Durango. Yeah, and it it
1: just opened. So I was the opening crew. They hired all all the whole crew for the first time because it was just opened. Mm -hmm. And it was a branch of a chain there. And um, so that was interesting. I had to see how they open a new restaurant. And um, yeah, it was a busboy for like six months and then I was a host, which is also considered the girl's job. Yes. And so I wanted to do it cause it was less, you know, I, obviously it would just seem more dignified. I wanted to be customer service. I wanted to be speaking to people. Sure. Um, Although through, I did get a rush doing the busing because it's like a physical rush, you know, when you're really busy and I'd bar back for the bartenders and they'd tip me extra. Oh that's and nice. um, you'd get a big Sunday kegs and stuff cuz I need somebody to unload kegs which are pretty heavy. So I'd still do that and um even mm-hmm. when I hosted but yeah so I did the host um with the ladies and the other gay boys. Oh. Now <laughs> and then I got, and then I moved on from there but it was a good job for a year and I got um yeah I needed the money it was nice.
0: Can you remember back then if it was a misogynistic environment?
1: Um, I'm sure it was. I mean, I don't think I knew to pay close attention to it. Mm -hmm. I knew our boss was probably some womanizer, like the manager of the restaurant. Was this like uh, young-ish guy who was short with kind of... And kind a of stocky with muscular arms, like he. Oh, was I know exactly what you're talking like about. Like the power guy with a short guy complex, and his you know? shirt
0: was so tight around his arms. Yeah, yeah. and he drive that. a
1: little a little Miata or something to. Yeah, or he something. could be listening oh, to this wrong. podcast. I don't know. But uh, you know, he totally does cocaine in the bathroom or yes. something. Yes, and uh, him and a lot of the especially female bartenders and uh, waitresses, and you got to remember, our Titusville was like a rough like. So the the ladies and um, that just means customer rural, service kind yeah, of rural. Like yeah, they're like they're not your young, you know, your youngest uh, ladies. And they've oh, a, I see what you're saying. have had a rough life. It's been real.
0: Yeah, it's been real.
1: So, uh, but would flirt and hold court with them after they close, and they'd keep the oh, bar going, yeah. and they'd have the bartender making drinks, and you could tell who was flirting and who was going home with who one night, and
0: people were fucking on yeah the
1: tables, yeah. Whatever, yeah. So. Whatever.
0: Maybe they weren't fucking. Maybe, Maybe not they inside were just the restaurant. I'm not saying in the bang. restaurant. Oh, they were fucking in the restaurant. People do. People, that's, yeah. If you have a key to a restaurant and uh, you're a manager, you're bringing someone in there to bang. I wouldn't
1: put it past him, but they fired him at some point while I was there. So it was just, he'd only lasted a few months. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, but he always looked all coked up when he'd give like presentations to the group. Oh. You know, I'd be like, whoa.
0: Coked up. Coked up from the flow up. I just thought of I just thought of those amazing um, Snoop Dogg commercials. How can what does he say about um, telephony? Tele. Um, oh shit! It's so funny when he's walking on the oh telephones is yeah. He's like he's like trying to keep up with the Joneses while we're all on our telephones I yes. love it. It's great.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're playing those commercials like nonstop during the NBA playoffs. I love him though. He's. He's kind of like, he he seems like like a Zen master.
0: <laughs> he just seems like he's yeah. so, like he went through, like he went to Tibet or something for 50 years and just came back like, yo, man,
1: the fuck? Snoop Dogg knows how to chill. Yeah. And he knows does. how to be chill. And that's also what you look for in a Zen master. So, Oh. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah it's all the I same. I could totally
0: be like, teach me. How to just be so fucking relaxed. You gotta
1: get on the wavelength of the now. Oh God,
0: you just almost blew off the left side of my brain. (laughs) (laughs) I just felt it shake. You gotta be
1: in the moment. You gotta be in the present and be in the now.
0: What to you? When you say now, is that even more precise than the moment? Because I think in a moment, the moment now is chaos in the world. The moment, but now, right no, now, now, I mean,
1: now in this room, right now, as you breathe, as we're here, as we what talk, I'm
0: while I'm sitting here with what you, you,
1: feel what's. Don't think past your, that. Yeah. Don't worry about the future, and don't regret the past, and don't contemplate the past.
0: Well, if you could do that and master react that, to what happens now. If you could do that and master that, then when you are on your deathbed, you wouldn't worry.
1: Right. Exactly. Because you, you would also, not
0: be worrying about what's coming next, which would
1: be your death. And you'll also be able to deal with uncertainty, which is, I think, the big problem with people. Is there an ability, and like us humans, we're nervous. We like certainty. We like predictability. And we get anxious when something's not uh, clear how it's going to turn out. And that's why this the pandemic has been really disruptive for us because we don't know when it's going to end or how well it's going to end or whether we'll get it. Or all if these, it will end. Just uncertainty. Yeah. If it will end, yeah. Oh, it's going to affect our jobs and all these things. So... Um, we don't deal well with uncertainty, but if you can just be in now and not worry about the things you can't control tomorrow, then you don't you can deal with the uncertainty because uncertainty is always going to happen. It's inevitable. So it's how you deal with it. So you can waste a lot of energy worrying about it or you can just adapt with how you deal with it as it comes. Mm. Yeah, and that's where the true, that's when you're really, um, you know, riding the wave.
0: Yeah, but it's almost—I don't want to say impossible—not to worry about what's coming next. But I can—I know how great that would feel to be so in the moment now that f- even five minutes from now do- is not even on your radar. You know, I talk—I'm talking about—I should get—I should become a professor. Of what? And t- like I'm. Well, I should be living in the moment and not thinking about six years from now, five years from now. That's yeah. it's almost, you know, now when I say it and when you say it out loud, it's almost laughable that people put that much time and energy into things that they don't even know will happen.
1: Right. Or, yeah, that you can't control if you could. So right. what's the use of it.
0: You cannot control. Like you could be driving to Target and something could happen. You've hit by a Mack truck. And you're over here worrying about, God, I hope I don't get cancer. No, because you got hit by a fucking truck. Right. You should have been living in the moment so that you didn't waste any time thinking about shit that you have no control over.
1: Yeah. 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 It's a good drink. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, I think um, it was uh, the Dalai Lama. Okay. Or, yeah, who I think it might have been. Somebody said, some Buddhist thinker said uh, that the default state of the mind is happiness. So if you just are in a state of presence and awareness of your body and just sense in mindfulness of your body and just mm-hmm. presence in the moment and you're not bothered by the future or the past, yeah, the default state emotionally for you to be in is just this pl- pleasant, neutral, happy, kind of unbothered, mm. pleasant state that we all want to be at that we call happiness where you're not anxious. That's the default. Wow. That's all, that's like, that's, so all you need to do is remove those things and then you can be there. And that's what meditation is practicing.
0: And all those things actually make your default unhappy.
1: Right. Everything else that comes in either distracts you from that and makes you worry or hope or rise your expectations or lower your expectations or regret something or.
0: So that's why the less we worry, the more our, Default happiness happens.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: More worry, less happy. Less worry, more happy. Don't worry, be happy. And don't worry, be fu- be happy. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense to me. I I agree with that a lot.
1: Knowing it is one thing, doing it is yes. the hard thing. <laughs> but if you can, but
0: you know, if you can, if you could worry less. This goes into that topic I had a couple months ago about you know, zero, three fucks a day where you can only focus on worrying about three things a day. Mm -hmm. And make sure you plan out what you're going to worry about because you don't want to have worried about the burning toast the cat got outside all by 10 a.m. because then you only have one for the rest of the day. How many
1: fucks have you used up today?
0: Today? I don't think any.
1: Oh, wow. Today,
0: I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I took a nap when I wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But... Oh, shit. That was my first time I forgot what I was going to say. Well, did you have an edible? I did. I did. This is At Home with Joe and Matt talking about current events while we're under the influence of cannabis, Let's use the name of what it is and not scary one by saying marijuana.
1: Yeah, <laughs> a, a racist name. But
0: can yeah. I talk, can you bring me back to what I was talking about? I forgot. We were talking about. We were talking about being
1: present in the moment. Being pre- yes. And yeah. I can't even and do being that. being happy. Right now. And the less worrying, the time you spend worrying, the more time you just spend. Yes. And the
0: fucks given. And,
1: so and the fucks that are given. Yes. If
0: you can give less <laughs> fucks and not worry so much, your body's going to force you to be happy. Because that's its. Yeah. That's what you're saying because I've never to... heard this before, but it makes a lot of sense. Well, no, if sense. you're just
1: if your thoughts are in <laughs> the present and your thoughts aren't carried away by worry or concern or self-interest or uh uh you know, thinking about the past or replaying the past or you know, if if you don't spend your time doing that, your mind just kind of is chill. Mm. And you're generally emotionally unburdened by all that stuff. That's really all the stuff that all your burden comes from.
0: Maybe it's how you are when you're reading a book. Because when you're reading a book, you have to focus on all the words and your your mind my mind cannot wander when I'm reading. Yeah. So I can't be reading words and then thinking about what's happening next week. Exactly. Because that's just not so yeah. when you read a book, you're detached from all any other
1: thoughts because yeah. you're reading
0: this book.
1: Yeah. Um You're in the flow and that's you're identified like the, with the book.
0: That's like the closest I think I can come to to being buddha
1: but imagine if instead of being carried along by the emotions the book is telling you you know if the book is a a suspenseful book you might be more tense okay yeah The book is a um erotic book you might be aroused you might yeah Mm -hmm. um so the book determines what your emotions will be because it's driving right right Uh, imagine if instead of the book normally we have our ego in there which is what worries and motivates and so on what if you took that out and what if you just had the sensation and the fact that you're alive and you're breathing and everything's cool and you're safe.
0: Like a cat.
1: And then you'd be like, Oh, this is great. No. This like, is all I need as a as a living animal. Like yeah.
0: Like the cats. Yeah. They don't worry about they do not yeah. worry about
1: time. They don't they
0: get bored. The only time they worry about something is an hour before dinner. They don't get bored. Like look they how, look how bored. That's how hard. our
1: minds have been trained us to think that not doing something with your brain is is considered boredom and should be avoided. But it's not, it's like a state of peace and it's fine. And you can listen to your body and listen to your emotions and listen to your heart, listen to yourself and tune into energy. And you need that calm to do that.
0: But you can find that like reading a good book, painting. Right, those are all meditative I always think of people who like paint, they're very, they're calm people. I don't think you could, well, instead of some of those hipster artists in New York who are probably like, oh, cans of paint everywhere. But like most painters are very just like, yeah, no, I'm really calm.
1: It can be exercise. It can be a craft. It can be a lot of times things you do with your hands and your body Mm -hmm. because you're mindful of your body and how you move your body. That's part of being in your body. And I'm learning the importance of being in one's body lately. Being in your body
0: this sounds like Oprah Chopra. I feel like my right side of my brain's gonna
1: explode. Oh, yeah, no, you mean your left? You're right. No, your right is the side that's, yes. The okay. whole thing. You're right. You're more right brained though than me, anyway.
0: I barely have a left brain. You're,
1: you have plenty That's of why, left why I'm gonna go
0: back to college so no. I can build some of it, because I'm, I'm right heavy, that's why I walk to the side.
1: <laughs> it just leans over. Yes, he has
0: no left side of his brain. Just ask him to tell a joke. Don't ask him to do. Don't ask him to ask you what two plus two is. Oh, Jesus Christ!
1: Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, so what's what did you plan to talk about? Because this sounds totally uh, oh, I didn't even plan extemporaneous, on extemporaneous, right? Well, yeah, yeah,
0: but I think this is an interesting conversation. Sure. And can you tell me what that word means? Because that
1: sounds like a big word. It means just we're pulling it out of our ass. It's just kind of, oh like, yes, hanging it up yes. with ad lib. Yeah.
0: Okay, you could have said ad lib so that the dummies like me could have known what you were Sorry, saying. But you had to throw better. out this fucking word that an Asian kid in the twelfth grade couldn't answer. It's vocabulary day. <laughs> it's, vocabulary it's vocabulary day, day. what's With a good mask. word to learn today what's uh, the word you just extemporaneous extemporaneous meaning just well, let's pulling look it, it out of thin sure, air I you don't even intuition. know what's happening
1: intuitively to me it means like you're just ad-libbing
0: if you're wrong i'm
1: gonna have to hire a fact checker for this show because... oh, let's see. we missed 420 10 minutes ago because <laughs> we're we going for 31 minutes already it goes by fast There's 31 yeah. minutes of this bullshit yeah. we've been talking it's
0: like um it's like good, it's like good sex. It goes by really fast. Man. Yeah, time goes by slow, slowly. Madonna said,
1: but not um, in the I podcast. We were just where... bullshitting.
0: Like we so. were. We haven't even started talking about the shit I want to talk about.
1: Yeah, I'm going to validate my understanding of extemporaneous and I will either look like a fool on your podcast. Look, look how I gamble that. Dude, that's kind of a gamble I made. Like I. I'm only like eighty percent certain.
0: Well, if you're wrong, you're going to. Oh yeah, it's
1: spoken or done without preparation. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So all correct. right. Extemporous. Extemporaneous. Extemporaneous. And it's got all those syllables. I think it's fun to well, say. Why bother it going rolls to the, It rolls off the tongue.
0: I could just have conversations. Well, you do? read. You can. I read it. In I book read someday. a lot, and I probably. read...
1: You've probably I, read it. I've read it. In the I book think
0: somewhere. I've heard the word before, but because of my cocktail and because i had some edibles yes. um things might not be all functioning the way they should be right. like i can read the words on the book behind you but i probably would not i've read all those books but i probably couldn't process the words right now um something big happened this week um and as you know and i did speak about it in a s- updated podcast
1: episode i did like a companion episode too garen wade can I tell Lieutenant you, Joe. that was a fantastic episode. Oh, thank you. I yeah. wanna say, I wanna compliment you and compliment Garen on the mm-hmm. on the job he did interviewing you. And I think your story, I've heard it before, you know, I'm familiar with it, but I think you were so very brave to share it. And I think you shared it in a way that was very uh, warm and it was, I don't know, it was very touching of an episode and it was a mm-hmm. lot of, it was interesting too. And it was fun um, in, a, in a way, you know, the less dark parts can be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. Well, it was a good episode. It was it was one of your best, and it was oh. your 50th. I know. And that's huge. I can't believe I've talked to 50 people on this you've podcast. Talked to, yeah. You've, you've that's a, a half a hundred. You've gotten such so many interesting people.
0: That's a, some great, amazing people. And now we're doing a commercial for you this podcast. You had one of my
1: YouTube stars? You,
0: yeah, yes, Munson. Yes. Uh, yes my, my, my friend, friend Mike.
1: Michael. <laughs> Michael. Yes, one of my favorite YouTube stars. Yeah. And you just said to
0: me one night, you should get him on your podcast. And I did. Yeah. So if you could say you that go. about someone. Thank you, Ma- a-
1: thank you, Michael. Yeah, Michael. He's a good guy. Yes.
0: But what I was going to say was, and thank you for your kind words. I really appreciate it. Um, I haven't really listened to episodes for a while. Yeah. I don't really listen to them anymore. I did at the beginning because I was so excited that I was doing a podcast. But after you get to 50, it's like you don't have to listen to every conversation yeah. again. But I did listen to the one with Garen and myself. And it was like listening. It was like hearing it coming from someone else. It was a very, it was a very weird, like interspatial different universe type thing, because here I am as me cleaning the house, my favorite thing to do. Everyone thinks I'm lying, but it really is my favorite thing Mm -hmm. to do. And um, listening to this voice, who's me talk about my past. It was almost meta. Yeah. Very weird but I thought Garen did a great job. He really did. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. He, um, he's, a good interviewer. he's a journalist. So, you know, he just jumped right back in and he's, he planned it so well. I mean, if I, maybe this podcast will one day be called grounded with Garen Wade.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do you know now you guys tie for the most time equal times being on this podcast?
1: Oh, wow. You've you've both, three?
0: Yeah, you've both been on the podcast three times. Wow. Yeah, no one else has even been on. Well, well Terry James has been on.
1: Now give though. me a reason of a rivalry with him. Jeez, I was just saying nice things about him. <laughs> i got to compete on something. Now yeah. you're going to be tossing and
0: turning all night looking like that motherfucker. That God. Oh, he thinks he can tie me. I'm going to be. On, I'm just going to open the door one day when Joe's in there recorded and say, I'm on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like. God, he went. No, I wanted to talk to you about something kind of serious, not serious, but something I've been talking about for a couple of weeks now. But I want to rephrase it. I've been approaching you a lot and a couple other people of the topic of how in in our world right now regarding political climate, you know, one side thinks the other one's evil, the other side thinks the other one's evil. And say you are, say you have people who vote on the other side and this is one of those elections. And I know they say this all the time, but this is one of those elections. That's really important. It's
1: really fucking
0: important. Right. Mm-hmm. So how do you get, Oh God, this is why I shouldn't do edibles. Well, you've I'm...
1: been asking uh, what if you're, yes. you're someone so, close um, to you is right, on thank the you. other side.
0: I have the notes right here. I could have easily just looked down. That's how, uh, uh, that's how awful I am. And, um, but how, all right, let me make it clearer. So say you are an anti-Trump person and your best friend or your family member votes for them and says, yes, I'm on board with everything he says. Or you're, it's the other side, you know, whatever. How do you move forward with a relationship like that um, if, some, if, if you believe that what they believe is just the worst thing ever? So I've been asking you that, like how, but I think the question is, um, what are some tools? So that was kind of a negative way. That was a way of saying, I'm ending relationships. Yeah. But are there but tools? That's what you said. Yeah, um, well, I, I yeah, you know me, I'm yeah. a very easy to say, what. okay, goodbye. Um, but the opposite of that is, what are some tools people could do to save relationships that could be broken over politics in this day and age?
1: I think first you have to start with trust. And if there's no trust, you can't build from that. So first you have to, both sides have to trust each other as individuals, and then you have to trust that your motivations are honest and well-intentioned. So wherever you're thinking from and whatever principles you're thinking from and whatever values you hold or prioritize, you have to trust that the other person has good intentions in their heart and wants a good outcome just like you do and they just might be measuring it by a different metric or valuing a different path but um if you can do that then you've got something to start with the the way it always goes down a bad path is when you believe they have ill intentions and you think they're trying to hurt you or threaten you or their ideas threaten you Um, and that's when you lose trust and you have no interest in sympathizing with them and that's what Donald Trump tries to do and that's what he's been doing in his speech that he gave you know his acceptance speech was all about scaring people into thinking that Democrats are going to make your life scarier which just sows mistrust you know and mistrust of the of of us and with of our neighbor is what the problem is. I but
0: think. do you think Biden is doing the same thing by saying, "If you vote for Donald Trump again, we're fucked"? Well, he you didn't say that. Here's he did not thing. say that. You know
1: what? Maybe he should be, but he's not, and he's not because he's trying to appeal to a middle. Right. You know, he's not trying to appeal to a a central base and like Trump is. So he's really trying to reach, be you know, at the edges of the left, and at the end of the right uh, for people who just want a sane, competent government. Mm-hmm. So he's not being hurtful as he could be. Oh, like if I was like running, you can imagine. Trump is when he seems back into a corner and threatened and he's losing, right? right? So um, he doesn't have to do that. But he totally could. And in fact, I read a columnist today in the Washington Post or something who was saying that, uh, you know, Trump uh, Biden could easily, you know, taking Trump's threats of uh, death's and violence from riots and violence in cities and violence from crime joe biden could just as well say well look on your clock how many deaths from COVID 19 and how many deaths right, from but he's not doing that yeah so um but he's not doing that yeah so if you want to talk about who's having a material impact during their time in office on you know fatality and the threat to life and you know they can do that, but I don't think he has a leg like, to stand on because Trump is accountable for all these things but happening do you while think, he's there. But so why do you think? If he could fix it, he would have, right? Yeah. And if he's not, then that's indicting too, because he's holding back while well, we have problems that need to be fixed. Fix the thing if you have a real idea.
0: Well, what I thought was odd about that you brought up his speech, I thought it was odd. What did I think that was odd about it? Oh man.
1: Oh, in the way that he's claiming that uh, the problems of now are blamed on someone yes. who's not in so office, he's yeah, talking.
0: So he's talking like he isn't the incumbent coming in right. and hasn't been here for four years. He's talking like the country's burning and I'll save you. But the country's burning because you're the president. Right. So you wouldn't, not because you're the president, but you are the president while the country is burning. So and you've had
1: your shot at doing things to prevent right. or calm or... Moderate this or...
0: But it's so interesting to me how all po- politicians on all the... All
1: politicians,
0: both sides, every politician... He doesn't
1: want it to be chilled out, though. No, I wants it to be violent.
0: No, what I'm saying is how they can all, on both sides, twist words
1: so easily. That's their job. That's almost the only thing they do.
0: I don't know who grow. I don't know who is in school, <laughs> in high school, or in middle school and says... I want to be a politician.
1: That just sounds like, oh, so you were born with no soul. It's a weird pathology, I think. Yeah, you have to be narcissistic. And yeah, I don't know. Do you think it's the
0: same type of path? Like celebrities and actors and anybody in the spotlight? Probably. Yeah. The power, the excitement. People are going to vote for me. I can go door to door. your ego. It's about your identity.
1: You're profiting from your identity and your character yeah. and your, your personality. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, if I acted straight, I could probably win, like, a Congress in Alabama. Because <laughs> I'd walk out there with my bald head and I'd be like, it's time to take it back, guys. And I'd win.
1: Yeah. 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 And then just show them you have a muddy truck. and Oh, my God. Yeah. You'd be in. And
0: yeah. I'd be like, I'd be like, Congressman of District I don't know in Alabama. District nine. Is why District nine? I don't know.
1: Is that from the Hunger Games? Yes. There were 12. Was nine the bad one? <laughs> no, they're all the same. <laughs> Nine, the bad What's one. What's the one that Jennifer Lawrence came from? Twelve. Twelve.
0: Why do I know that? That's the problem. You watch those movies. That's all the, the time. problem that I answer that like I was just answering one plus one. That's a bo- that bothers me. These things bother me because I don't want to be some weird person that remembers numbers like Rain Man. Remember the other day when I was being Rain Man in the hallway? Yeah. My God, I got to do this and I got to do this. you.
1: All you asked me was, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "Well." Well, you have to play time like a tape recorder and you have to walk through your schedule linearly from today. And then, well, what are you doing at six o'clock? Well, at two o'clock I'm doing this and at two thirty it's this and at three and at four fifteen and then at, and then at six o'clock. OK, then that's the answer.
0: Why do I, I wonder why I do that? I do that with a story, too. Stories, I'm, my brain is very linear. Yeah, like I, I can't like if I'm telling a story and then I get stopped in the middle. Because people came over and they interrupted and then they walk away. I have to go right. I have to say, okay, let me start from the beginning.
1: (laughs) Music lyrics? Oh, yeah. You can't just go to the center or any part of these things. You have to start from the beginning and play them to the end like a tape. It's like linear access memory. What if
0: I'm on the spectrum a little bit and I don't know it?
1: I don't think there's a flaw. I think that's just the way your brain works. Well, I don't don't think think being on the spectrum is a flaw. I think it's amazing you're retaining this, actually. Yeah. You've got like this tape backup, you know, that's. I'm he good with dates. Ages. I'm good with dates. I don't know why.
0: I would probably be really good on a game show about shit like
1: that. I think you should be on one of those game shows about the lyrics of a song. Well, they don't you know, make them anymore. The when
0: they have one, I'll apply for yeah, it. Yeah, you should. And then I'm going to be really mad because I'll probably get kicked out in the first round because they'll play some you the could, one the one song from the '80s that I do not know.
1: Yeah. And then I'll have to. You could win a Kia Sorento,
0: but getting back to that (laughs) that makes no (laughs) sense. But I would sell it now. But getting back to that question, because I was asking you in it, like I was saying to you, how do people continue with those types of relationships? And I'm still questioning that. But it is it. I guess my question to you is: Is it worth? Do you think it's worth? Strong relationships and strong
1: bonds are more important than beliefs it depends on the relationship i think in family yes you need to okay there's a higher bar for family sure but they're not excusable inexcusable if you're get sick of being around them um and it's being toxic in your life for some reason um but i think there's a higher bar for family um yeah but for i don't think it's an excuse i mean yeah if people if you know marie kondo if it doesn't spark joy it doesn't spark joy. So if that relationship is not sparking any joy.
0: But no, it's it's based on, and you know, we've been talking about this for weeks now because I keep, every time I see something outrageous on the news or read an article or something, well, I haven't been reading a lot online in the last few days because I took Facebook off my phone. And it's very nice. But I often wonder that. I often wonder that cloudy
1: question that escapes you when
0: you have had edibles well, and you're running like a podcast. We, like we talked about,
1: if um, if we find out someone who was very near to you was a big Trump supporter in a big way, in a really loyal in way. In a big, loyal way. Yeah, like in a way that they're willing to take all the anti trudes of Trump or something. Right. Like an unmitigated, I'm all in for him. You know? Oh, yes. Um, Here's the toast. I actually can't think of a really well reasoned reason to support him anymore. I actually tried to do that and I thought, what if you, could, what are there any reasons you could defend that I'd respect? And I like, I can't think of any. Right. So, um, yeah, it's not because you voted for candidate B and I voted for candidate A. That's not why. That sounds shallow. It's because for this particular guy, you have to have a really fucked up thought process to be okay with him. And I'm not okay with being friends with that kind of thought process. So that's why I'm done with you actually.
0: It would be like scient it'd be like having a friend who's a Scientologist. And you would be like, sure. I don't get anything you're talking about. And you mentioned right. this word the other day, core values, like the core values of someone where if you are like a pro-lifer and a pro-choicer person, probably a very hard way to have a friendship.
1: I don't think so. I mean, how often has that come up though? Well, I don't know. One thinks you're killing
0: human beings and the other one thinks you have a choice. Well, that goes
1: to how important, that, how close that is to you on a daily basis. Like if you wake up every day, imagining every abortion that's happening every night. Then you don't seconds, have any pro-choice Then friends. you can't have friends. Yeah, you're just, you're sure. A and B, you're crazy. But um, if you can just say, oh, this is how I'd rather things come out, and this is how I'd rather things come out in courts and laws and um, to support one or the other and even have strong feelings about them, um, I think it's fine as long as you don't make it central to your friendships with people. I mean, you can have, and it, it means that you get something else out of that friendship that's worth doing that. So right. there's got to be a, a value to that friendship that goes beyond just venting and agreeing and nodding your head at everything. Right. And maybe, even better, you can have a friendship where you can actually talk about that face-to-face and still respectfully disagree and actually learn something about each other, mm-hmm. actually open your mind, and still not agree at the same process at the end of the day. Agree to disagree. Yes, and that's actually the best outcome. That's what we're losing right now and people can do that if they start with a basis of trust and respect of each other.
0: Right. And we don't have that.
1: I can't agree to disagree with you if I really believe you're evil at heart and right. yeah,
0: yeah. And that's where we are. That's where nobody there's no trust. Right. Right. The trust has been smashed to the ground. Any any little bits of it have been um just crushed. But yeah, I'm so fascinated with the idea of that. And I know for days and days you were like, well, do you know someone? And I really didn't. I was just like, I just saw something on the news one day that I, Donald Trump had said. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, how would you manage, how could you have a relationship with someone close to you who would believe that? And I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was one of those moments where I was like, how would you be able to call up your friend and say, Hey, did you just see that when it it's the craziest thing you've ever heard or, or whatnot? Like at some point the relationships I think change. So I was just interested by that idea. And you were trying to like pinpoint like, well, is there, and I'm like, no, no, it's just not, don't think of me in general. Think of, everyone think of the dude next door But i don't
1: think you can have a general answer that's the point it's like every relationship is going to react to that division in a different way right oh i think you thought i wanted an answer and there's a whole well why would you ask a question if you didn't want an answer
0: well it's not a question it's like kind of a idea
1: question okay like, I should have probably said way Was back. Was it a rhetorical like, question? Yeah. Okay, then I won't answer it, and you're fine with that?
0: Or you could uh, you could talk about it and say, well, I don't know if that's the way it would go, and I don't, it's hard, Joe, because, you know, everybody's different, and I'm going to talk like this on the podcast, and I'm going to answer that I don't know everybody is different. Oh, <laughs> um. So that's why it's interesting to me. How many edibles did you have? I had two, oh. which Taint, my guest a few weeks ago, thinks my mind is melting right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he was
0: great. He was like, oh, my God, you're melting your mind. I was like, no, not really. Sometimes I just forget what I'm saying halfway through the sentence. <laughs> did you bring any conversations?
1: Um, you talked yes. about a
0: word or something? Okay,
1: so my number two word. Here's my other vocabulary word okay. I wanted to bring. Um I learned a new word today that reflects've I've had a a difficult week this week emotionally with the um, isolation as it's dragged on. I don't know. I'm getting frustrated and a lot of people I think are you're feeling like you've run out of the options available to you., uh, you know, you've watched all the Netflix shows, you're sick of cooking. Um, you're you, and here we can't go outside because there's wildfires and the air has been toxic. you know, it's gotten better. Day. but it's like shit all your options just keep getting reduced and reduced you can't take the trips you want you can't meet the people you want you can't go to restaurants you can't go to concerts and you can't do things that you know we missed and it's and it's just shitty and anyways but also I can't focus on the things in front of me like I can't just read a book or I can't um work on a to-do list or something like I'm just anxious but it's this misdirected energy you know what I'm talking about yeah yeah where you don't, you've got little to do and you don't want to do what little you have. Oh, because you're I get just you. options, you're, or just seems oblique and yeah, you seem desperate. Well, um, so there, there's actually a word for this and it's called, it's from ancient Greece okay. and it's called acedia. Acedia? Acedia. 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 Like A-c-dia. not cedia. Acedia. Yeah. Um, so basically, Cedia. it's not Cedia. You know, if you had Cedia, this is the opposite of that.
0: Oh, well, I have Acedia. <laughs> I have that feeling of no. where you're jumping out of your skin. Yes. Yeah, so that's what
1: Acedia is. I was being sarcastic. I know. But um, Acedia is that feeling. And it actually comes from monks, the Christian monks, because they had to conquer all these um, uh, challenges. And they became the deadly sins, you know, the things that keep you from focusing on your contemplation Mm. with God and everything. So, you know, lust and hunger and gluttony, you know, and desire. and All the fun stuff. Yeah, all the good things of life. And then they get so far down the list, and then they get to this point where they're just basically like sitting in a cave and, you know, meditating for years. Uh, There's this anxiety that comes with that, just thinking that there's this endless horizon and you just have this misdirected energy and you don't want to do the thing of you and they called that acedia and um it got translated later as just being laziness but that's not totally the nuance that was attended when they wrote out the word and it's kind of what we experienced it's kind of what you might imagine if say you were in prison in solitary confinement or
0: something yes i know exactly um, what you're talking about
1: yeah so i, never, yeah. I thought that was a good word because it, it kind of summed up the experience that i was feeling you know just kind of listless And, uh, yeah,
0: do you, do you feel when I said something about like jumping out of your skin, you said, yes, like it's that feeling of, uh, like my body just wants to do something. Oh, like I don't want to be here, but I
1: have to be here, but I only want to be here, but I'm not motivated. It's also like a lack of motivation too, Yes, which I've been feeling, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's just this, uh, like you're in a rut. I don't know, but, um. ACDF. I, ex-
0: I experienced that often. I experienced it at two days this week. Two full days of yeah of that. Yeah. Remember when I got up on Thursday and I was like, don't expect much from me and you were yeah. like two days in a row? I was like, Yeah. Well for me it was like yesterday, the whole day. Yeah. It's it's terrible. You just it, it's but just I've never let it just like absorb this, me like that. This little jitter in your body. Does yeah. it happen to you if you're like outside too? Like even if you're at target or something. Do you feel it like not, as, world, much. not no. as much, not as much
1: because I'm doing something that feels purposeful and I've got to get home and I've got to finish the errand and I, my mind is distracted a bit. Mm-hmm. it's when I'm at home and I'm thinking I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Okay. Or I want to do something, but the thing I want to do is closed or I can't or um, and just like having little to look forward to. I don't know.
0: Yeah. No, well, let me, no, I, just I completely get it.
1: Of, yeah. And I, and I described it also as, um, I described it to my therapist as, um, if you're on a road road in the desert and you're like a hundred miles from the last gas station and you're a hundred miles from the next gas station and there's just nothing to look at and no stops and no turns. And it's just, phew. and she said like driving through Kansas and I guess, yeah, I guess so. I haven't been through Kansas, yeah, but it's, it's probably yeah, like
0: that. it's probably
1: like that. But, um, yeah, it's just like shit, and all you all you can do is wait it out with time. Mm-hmm. That's the only answer, right?
0: That's why when I'm having those feelings, I will tell you like, don't expect much from me. I'm not gonna try to expect much from myself. I'm gonna be f- just yeah. chill out. You know, I can't focus on a book. <clears throat> Maybe I'll just stare up into the ceiling, watch a dumb movie. Yeah, I totally get that.
1: Right. Yeah. And I'm running out of dumb movies and things and yeah. And it's like, but basketball's back. That's been nice, you know? So yeah, it'll be fine. We got a couple, you know, trips coming up. So what do you think about the weather's getting better? The NBA
0: making the decision to continue playing the games when they was talked that they were going to just forfeit the rest of the season.
1: Well, I think it was tremendous what they did in the first place by stopping for two or three days and, uh, and having other leagues stop with them in solidarity. That was a big deal. That was pretty amazing. That was pretty cool. Oh, they got
0: the um, NBA, right? No, no. The
1: no, NFL no. stopped practice. At, like, teams at the NFL didn't Baseball. go to practice. Baseball games stopped playing. Um, yeah, basketball, uh, soccer, and WNBA. and Yeah. So it spanned multiple leagues, and that was really cool. And uh, so that was quite a statement, and that was unprecedented. Um, but the argument about whether they should continue or not, I see the argument for stopping completely, but I also see the argument for using the attention that they have to draw more attention to their issue, uh, to this issue. And, um, yeah, and also just practically, a lot of these guys worked really hard all year, um, and this is their shot at a championship, at a playoff, and they don't want to lose it. Because that could cost them
0: millions of dollars for their – Right. contracts and, and stuff, you know, yeah. things
1: never line up and you may not have exactly this team together where you're at this level next year and all right. these, you know, you could get injured. And so it's something you work really hard for. So to take it away is a real loss for them too. So right. um, I think by stopping and having other leagues stop with them kind of puts everyone on notice that you can't count on us to keep pretending like this isn't existing. You know, right. it went from Colin Kaepernick kneeling to entire league stopping together. Yeah. So that was huge.
0: You know, I think it says something for entire sporting teams to stand up and say, yeah, I'm not, we we shouldn't be playing basketball games while the cities are burning and people are being shot and all that shit. It's, I have that same feeling when, God damn it. My glasses. (laughs) I have that same feeling when I have to be, when I try to be funny on the flight attendant Joe Instagram page, I think, there's eight thousand flight attendants at American Airlines just lost their jobs. Who the fuck wants to read my meme yeah. about something?
1: How do you do that? When I don't you're a know. Comedian? It's
0: difficult. It's it's hard, and um, it's
1: hard for your audience if, of largely flight attendants.
0: Well, I'm not going to mock anybody being furloughed. No, of course not. But
1: just the idea of. But emotionally, it's hard to make fun of the industry when a lot of people right. are leaving it.
0: It's hard to make. Yeah, yeah. Voluntarily, yes, and just even in the state of the world, like it's this weird thing when you're in that comedy environment um you see so many bad things going on you think god is it is it okay to do is it okay to be funny um and then i have to remember like there's so much darkness on social media that yes you do need to you do need something where I'm flicking through Instagram, I'm like, fuck, this person, oh, Jesus, oh, ha, 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 that's hilarious. Ooh, I needed that shit. All right, let me keep moving on into the, all the dark and sad stuff. People need to laugh, yeah. People need to laugh. But it is a very, it's it's a weird feeling when you do focus mostly on flight attendant comedy on social media. And it's it's really a bad place right now for flight attendants. Yeah, yeah. And pilots, I pick
1: on them just as much. Yeah. Well, I had another topic, you told me to bring another topic. Oh. And it also has to do with basketball. Okay. And it has to do with the NBA bubble. Um, the I've been reading a lot about analysis uh, from like uh, statisticians and economists and sports experts about how play has been different in the bubble, how the environment changes the way the games are playing out. Just the nature, you know, they're doing as much as possible to replicate the environment of a normal NBA game. They've got the for TV, they've got the crowds on the screens, and they've got crowd noises coming in. Um, But there's there's something different about being there and playing on the same courts every day and not traveling, and you're more rested. and And it and um, there's been a lot of analysis about it. And also, like five thirty eight, Nate Silver's blog um, wrote something really in depth about it. Um, There's been a significant uh increase in scoring like the games are really high scoring and they're really close and there's a lot of fouls getting called and oh, um yeah why is scoring high scoring happening and uh, there's like shooting percentages are significantly up from normal games and uh, it seems to be the environment favors shooters really good you know shooters and how well they make the percentage of their the shots they take In basketball. In basketball, yeah. And- um, (laughs) (laughs) I said that because I
0: imagine somebody clipping off shooters and making all their targets
1: or whatever you said, and then all of a sudden- Yes. Yes, so So I had to
0: make sure we said
1: basketball. Anyway, so it favors shooters. And um, they are trying to see, is it disadvantage the defense or what's going on? And yeah, so what they think happens is you're more rested, and also, you're familiar with the court because they're playing on the same court over and over. They're not mentally adjusting to the environment they're in and the space and where this is and that is and how far things apart are. Yeah. Apparently, that's a big part of mentally getting in, you know, that m- muscle memory of how you shoot a basket and get it reliably. Different stadiums have a different feel if the space are in them. And uh, when you can play in the exact same spot over and over, you can get used to it and comfortable with it where you're not relearning it. Um, and also, it's quieter, so you can focus a little more. Sure. And um, yeah, there's the the officials are calling more fouls, so it's letting people take more free throws. So if you're a good free throw shooter, you and you have a good free throw percentage, you can score more. So. But why do you think that's happening? Well, they're calling more fouls because they can hear more action and they can be more oh, focused because there's not okay. crowds and they yes. can hear every insult or every you know bang with you know muscle you know your shoulder hit somebody or whatever. Right. They can be more attuned to that um, because there's not as much distraction in the background. So if they hear you say "fuck," if you're a basketball player
0: and you're like "fuck," that's a foul. No,
1: but if you say some guy "fuck you" or something, oh. or oh, you know what are you doing? Or I'm I'll fuck a, you up or something. Oh, Jesus. Like if you were like looked threatening to another player or something. Right. Well, that's bad um, sportsmanship. That's right. That's a technical foul, and you're you're unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, so. They listen for that. I know if you say that to a referee or a coach says that, you know, these things happen. People get emotional. And sometimes people say it under their breath probably and get away with it. Sure. Cause the
0: crowd is screaming constantly at a basketball game. Right. I bet you they don't hear anything.
1: Right. Yeah. But that's interesting. Do you think, think that's, that's good for the
0: game? Do you think that makes the game more honest?
1: I don't know. I just think it, no, I think it is what it is. I just think it's interesting. I just think, You know, it's better that they're having this than not having it because I think they've done an excellent job of doing a safe environment. They haven't had any cases of Mm COVID-19.
2: They've been
1: doing this for a month now. And and, uh, the games are fun to watch on TV. They're exciting, and they've been really good. And uh, I'm glad they're having it.
0: Um, But do do you think that because there's no noise – so that the judge, the judges, the referees can hear everything. It makes the game purer because there's no inter, there's no interference in everything.
1: No, I think it's arbitrary. Interesting. I think it's arbitrary because otherwise, there's different advantages of having a live crowd. What you're saying is pure. Okay, well then nobody should be there live and we should have all the benefits of a live crowd gone so that it's pure. No. Yeah, that's what I was asking. N- no, not at all. It's just different okay. and you need to know the difference and you can also adjust to the difference if you know that. So I'm just glad they're playing, you know. Yeah. And and if it comes with this difference in dynamic, we can all say, huh, that's interesting. Now we know exactly how much these things contribute to games. Yeah by removing them, we can see how much home court advantage or crowd noise or travel the effect of travel. You know, these guys aren't getting on planes and staying in unfamiliar hotel rooms and they're not tired from <sighs> that. You know? Right. They're yeah. they're in a rhythm. They've been in those hotels for a month and
0: are they in the rhythm of They're the night 10
1: minutes from the court they might be in the rhythm of the night <laughs> the rhythm is gonna get you oh
0: all the rhythms i want all the rhythms
1: the miami sound machine. i think i
0: just got a boost of my edible oh good. i felt it because that's why i started picking on um the rhythm of the night
1: yeah the well end. they probably listen to a lot of gloria stefan i mean that's what you do in florida
0: well, this is Orlando, not Miami. And Orlando. In Orlando, I think they listen to like
1: um, I Blink One Eighty Two.
0: Do they still listen to Blink One Eighty Two in Orlando? Because that sounds hilarious. Probably
1: not. Not since nineteen ninety eight. I, I don't know. Orlando's a mess. No, I don't know. I think of Orlando as very nineties. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That was my time in the Orlando. So. Blink One Eighty Two. I remember
0: this girl I worked with. All she would talk about was Blink One Eighty Two and how oh. much she loved them. And I was like, "You're 30. <laughs>
1: oh, that's what she was. She was trying to look young. Get it together, lady. That's what the kids like, right? Oh my God, that was amazing. She was probably trying to hook up with somebody. She younger.
0: probably wanted me, and I was like, "Not today, lady." Probably okay, were. she
1: probably thought I was gay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so I became Canadian. Congratulations! I know. Yay. I'm very excited about that. Well. I don't feel Canadian. I'm very confused. Are going to pledge
1: allegiance to the queen? No, but I might say, oh
0: my God, I have a queen now. This is very exciting. I've always wanted a queen. <laughs> my very own queen. <laughs> I could do with her what I please. I don't no. think so. No, no, no. That's terrible. Don't cut and that clip that. Awful. That sounds awful. She should be my best friend because I'll say, "I, I'm a Canadian. And she'll be like, you guys
1: fucking left me too. No, but um, Harry and Meghan will be there.
0: Oh, that's nice. Why? I don't know. Maybe. That, I don't remember why. Like, so when Canada, because Canada is a free nation, it's not part of the UK, but they kept so many. They kept um, the money. They kept that they have a queen. No, they have they don't a prime have the minister.
1: pound. They have a dollar.
0: They have a Canadian dollar. You're right. I'm but sorry. They put the queen's picture on but the money. They have a queen yeah. and they have a prime minister. And America went like full 180. They were like, no, 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 none of that.
1: Well, they all just cloned um, England's parliamentary government, Britain's parliamentary government. So they went with the parliamentary system. Mm, yeah. Sometimes I wish we had that. Australia has that too. Yeah. You wouldn't have a Trump in that system. Because they'd be elected by their own representatives. It's like in this system, Nancy Pelosi would be the president.
0: Yeah, that's so weird. They it don't have like a the president. The Speaker of the
1: House is kind of like the Prime Minister. Yeah. yeah. That's and, weird. Um, so... But uh, yeah, they pledge allegiance to the queen and all that stuff. I don't know. That's a choice they make, I think. And I remember reading something about how Australia decided when they would stop doing that or do that, or like they had a referendum if they should keep honoring the queen or whatever. Yeah, it's almost like this weird, inform like informal thing. I don't know. They're part of, I think, the Commonwealth. I think they're yeah. called the Commonwealth. But
0: it, be, but am, is, it, is it true? I, not is it true, but now that I'm part of the UK Commonwealth system, does that mean I get to be from the United Kingdom too? Because I'm going to wrap up as many citizenships
1: as I can. No, it does not
0: Oh, God damn it.
1: Why? Don't get greedy. I'm
0: greedy because I need a lot of plants to escape.
1: Canada's pretty awesome.
0: It is, it is. But no, I didn't know if... Um, because if you're Canada and you have some kind of good deal with the England and Australia and I don't know yeah I'm trying to I'm trying to dip as many times as I can into the citizenship pool but I'm a dual citizen that's Yay. so weird but they're not make they don't make it easy they send you the certificate no they send you the letter that says congratulations you're a Canadian citizen now that you're a Canadian citizen you need to apply for your certificate citizen. that uh,
1: also says you're a Canadian. Yeah. Citizen. yeah. Um, Just send that in the first place. Why yeah. is
0: that not coming with the letter? I don't know. Then I don't understand that. It's like you're, but, and then at the bottom, it's like, all it talks about is you're a citizen, you're a citizen. You cannot use this letter to prove citizenship for Canada. <laughs> I'm like, what the, I. I.
1: Yeah, what's the point?
0: What's the point? Yeah. Like. Yeah, it's so it was really frustrating me because I was like, why wouldn't you just fucking send it in the same? You're saving everybody time because now I can just get my
1: passport. I don't know. I don't know. I'm
0: already bitching about Canada and I've only been a citizen for a month.
1: (laughs) Well, just well, that's the same government that's going to run the hospitals that you're going to go to. Oh Jesus! Oh free healthcare. yes. Yeah. So that, we'll, we'll that get to means... see how this universal healthcare works out. Right.
0: You'll um if we ever moved there. Yeah. We but and that's there. my question. I was gonna say, would you consider moving to Canada?
1: Oh yeah. 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 Well, especially if I had a job opportunity, it'd be a, just a cool place. But mm-hmm. um yeah, shit could get a lot worse here in America. Yeah. And it's it's not great now. So. Yeah. I don't mind having options.
0: Yeah, I um I have no problem with I would definitely want to live in western Canada. Like yeah. like just north of us, like in the Canadian Rockies. Just the Canadian
1: version of the West. I want the Canadian Colorado. Yeah.
0: yeah. And yeah. there is a place up there that yeah. looks just like right here. Yeah. But you're in Bingo. Canada. And I could say, Schmoopy, get the dishes, eh?" And the weed's legal
1: now coast to coast.
0: Everything's legal there. Marijuana, cannabis, I just said the same way. thing. Um marriage is just marriage. Yeah. I'm sure there's still crazies up there. Probably. But I mean, when you're living in the Colorado part of Canada, but now I'm like, I'm not gonna. It took three years to get this letter. It's going to take, I don't know how long. Cause they got us. Oh, and the letter was so confusing. Cause the letter said something like, make sure your address is correct it, on file so that we can mail you your certificate of citizenship. Then when you're filling out the form, there's no option to say send it to the, my address.
1: Right, well, so why do you need my address? Yeah,
0: it's going it's weird. You know, unless they mail it to the consulate in Los Angeles and then they just mail it back to me, so that's why they, I don't well, know. Well, the good news
1: is they have your address, so yeah.
0: But you would, you would go to Canada?
1: With me, sure, yeah, yeah, just sure, in the not? right circumstances, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I'm
0: not even saying I'm. Somebody asked me like, "Are you moving?" And I'm like, "I don't really have any plans to, but if we move towards Gilead, I'm gonna have to bounce."
1: If you wanted to, it's there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now I can live in so much more land. Yeah. My, I just got even more. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, real estate. <laughs> I can go all the way to Alaska, all the way to Donald Trump. I could go all the way to Halifax. I can go all the way to the Rio Grande. I can live in almost this entire continent. You could
1: meet a polar bear.
0: (laughs) Wow. Dual citizenship is fun. If I could get Mexico, Schmoopy, we could take over the whole continent.
1: Wow. I don't think I can get Mexican citizenship. Well, yeah, Canada's cool. I like Canada. We should go up there. We should go up Canada. maybe next summer. We should do a yeah, big adventure that would be a up
0: there. Nice, that would be a good adventure. Yeah, up in
1: the mountains. Yeah.
0: I probably won't have my certificate of citizenship yet, but hey. I'll say, trust me, you haven't sent the paperwork. Maybe you will. Maybe you'll be surprised. Time. Maybe that goes <coughs> faster.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Cool. Well, is there anything else? Are we coming to a close? Maybe, I guess. No, this is is good. This is
0: good to come to a close. Did we hit all
1: the things you wanted to talk about? Well, I do
0: not really want to. I
1: I brought vocabulary words and news topics. I brought you you news topics, and I brought you non-political news topics, actually. You brought topics
0: about the NBA. That was very interesting. And I want to thank you. I probably brought most of the politics up tonight. It's hard not to talk about it, but I don't think we talked about it a lot, no, it's fine. Which yeah. is good, because I need to. I need to be careful with how much I intake.
1: I think we all do. I think we all need to watch our information diet oh, and realize man. what it does to our emotional state. Yeah. Uh, and these are big issues that we can't uh, make. Change. You know, unless you find that way and you think of how to make change in the moment of what you do now and what you do today, mm-hmm. what you donate your time to or your money or whatever. Um, outside of that, you know, we need to just chill out and we need to not let it panic us every moment of the day every waking
0: moment well because the more you worry the less your body can go to the default of happiness exactly so the more politi- 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 but put you put do politics you, take you take action in,
1: when it's useful and and it's effective which means vote which means you vote right and you donate your time and your money. And I was your thinking energy about to volunteering yeah. to uh to the um party here in the area. So being chill doesn't mean doing nothing. It just means doing what's useful. And yeah. what's useful is not worry.
0: Right, cuz worrying just does nothing but make you unhappy and we want to be
1: happier. Worry doesn't fix the problem. No. Worry doesn't do anything. Yeah.
0: Worry's a bitch. Can you agree? Oh yeah. Okay, cuz I know you don't like it when Worry's I call a everything bitch. a bitch. You always question me and say worrying. no. do you, You'll say, was the rug a bitch? Is the rug really a bitch? Well, well I, it tripped me. When it's I met a bitch. You, everything
1: was a queen.
0: Yeah, I got older and angrier. Yeah. I always, um, whenever I say the word bitch on this podcast, I if I'm talking to someone else, not you, because I know you know me, and I call everything a bitch. But I was having a conversation. I think it was real, And I was talking about my old manager at the airline and I was like, she was a bitch. And then I had to go back and say, but I'd like to just say that I call everything a bitch. The cats, the weather, you know, Hurricane Laura. I call everything a bitch. Yes. But, I used, but I used to call everything a queen. That does sound much better. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I think I, I, I might have coined the term this bitch, like this bitch. I might not have, but I remember I was one of the first people to say it in, like, 2000. Like, with the
1: italicized this.
0: This bit. Yeah, it's not, like, this bitch. Yes. It's, this bitch threw up on the
1: rug. With, like, how many eyes?
0: Okay, I have to say it. This,
1: 16. Like, 16 eyes. I'm telling
0: you, it's a lot of fucking eyes.
1: (laughs) That's a long word.
0: This bitch is... Talking some stupid shit.
1: <laughs> Is there anything
0: else you'd like to say? Do you have any final words? Because you won't be back for a couple months. Oh, really?
1: When's my next time?
0: I don't have a calendar in front of me. Um,
1: Everyone needs to vote. Register to vote. Oh, will you be vote, back? Vote, vote,
0: I think you'll be back at the end of October.
1: Okay, well, so, you, you, know, you can really vote often. Vote yeah, we're going to vote
0: the day we live in a state where they mail everybody a, a mail-in yep. ballot. And we're going to fill it out. And we're going to bring it right to the box and drop it off. I'm not even going to bother with the post office. It's going right to the fucking box. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to keep track of my ballot because they there's a little thing that you can rip off and you can go online. You put mm-hmm. the number in and it tells them, like, has it been received? You can follow your ballot. Yeah, it's been counted and, and received, it's and That's yeah. very exciting. That's very
1: cool. it's yeah, very cool. Our, our Secretary of State, Jenna Griswold, is very uh, forward-looking and... Um, she's a great, uh, she set up this thing.
0: Well, I can't uh, believe you know her name. This is how bad of a Colorado and
1: I am. Well, I know her cause I met her at the Pete Buttigieg thing. Oh, and then I've seen her on the news a lot. And she talked a lot about voting and how Colorado does their voting. And I've learned that really it's have a really, um, advanced, um, voting system. And one of the best in the country. Wow. In terms of access for people and participation well, a, and making it easy and here's available. A,
0: here's a good question that I have, and I know we have to go, but, um, If Colorado can have some of the best voting shit, why can't it be in every state? I don't understand why that, why, why is that?
1: I know, I don't know.
0: I don't understand. Why is it because Colorado has so much money because of the weed that we can afford the best things?
1: I think I think Colorado is so cool. I don't know, but it's great. But shout out to Jenna Griswold, and I think she's gonna go places. I think she wants to be in a in a bigger office someday.
0: What are you working in her? Are you gonna work? No, for her? I th-
1: I think she's uh, gonna go places. Well, what if I want to go places? You can go places too. I want
0: to put my name on things in front of
1: people's houses. But you know, people like will listen to your podcast if you become a politician.
0: All right, so I'm already out. <laughs> What have I ever said that's that bad? I haven't said anything compared to some people who actually have a stage, who actually are in politics. I don't think I've ever said anything that bad. My
1: books, maybe. Well, start with the mayor and move that bypass.
0: What is the smallest, what is the lowest job you can have in In public service
1: like that? Is it the mayor? Oh, no. It's something, usually it's like, you know, soil and water district representative. And is that a
0: voted position?
1: Yeah. There's things like that. Or, you know, uh, waste disposal districts. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Or whatever. Like these odd little boards that deal with um, environmental issues. You know, the air pollution board. Yeah. You know,
0: I would be a good mayor. I would love to have like Yahats, Oregon. Like a small little town where there's a great brewery that I go to every Friday night. And then everyone's like, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Mayor, it's, thank you for helping with the bypass. And then I say, oh, no problem, no problem. And then you say in your Agador Spartacus voice, please step away,
1: step away from him. So really, you want to be in a job where you're adored and you're the center of attention in the big town. Now, have you just met me? <laughs>
0: or is this like did I just invite you in and you just woke up from 16 year? Like like that's the funniest thing you've said. See, you're so good. You're like one of the funniest people I know. Like who would say that and make me laugh? <laughs> Remember the other night when we were high oh, and, yeah. and you said something we were talking about when we got together, we got together and you were like, oh yeah, you just knocked on the door. Hey, I'm Joe. I have no place to live. I have no, no job. House, no I job, have no, no f- nothing. No and you yeah, said, sure, come bye. in, come in,
1: come in, <laughs> come in, I'll help you. Move in all your stuff. Bring your cat. <laughs> Back up your truck.
0: <laughs> Bring your cat Let's with you. Everything. That was one cat. of the funniest things. We were at a restaurant and I were sitting outside and I was already loud because I think I had like two or three edibles and I was drinking. I drank that entire pitcher of sangria. I was a train wreck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a train wreck. And I was just, I remember when you said that, I laughed like not much sound came out of my mouth, but my entire body was screaming at the top of its lungs. Yeah, you're very funny. funny. You're very
1: funny, Shmopee. Well, thank you. You're welcome. You're I welcome. get funnier the more edibles you eat.
0: Yeah, That is definitely true. Like,
1: <laughs>
0: I think at one point I said, you should have a special on Netflix. You're hilarious. And then the next day I wake up and I'm like, well, did, well I hope he didn't think I was being serious but you are very funny you're very funny Oh, thank you you're you have a very dry sense of humor but when i'm when i have edibles it just makes it even funnier i think you're learning to tune into my wavelength you're wow. just dialing in wow if that's the case after 16 years the next 16 is going to be fun as hell yeah well yeah I if so. i don't drop dead jesus christ i know it's crazy do you have anything any last words before we ab- Embark and leave the room to go
1: into the living room? <laughs> nope, I don't think so. No. It's been fun. Any
0: last, no last questions? All last right. questions? I don't know. I didn't should, even should, think of you, any. You asked
1: me a question from your game last time. and who was Oh, yeah.
0: You picked the Australians. I'm afraid I would never ask you that question again.
1: That was hilarious, though.
0: I'm going to ask you this question, though, because it bothered you when I asked you the last Uh-oh. time.
1: And you said just one of those what is the most what is the number one You said one? that's
0: the dumbest question I've ever heard because it's not humanly possible. But I'm going to force you to answer it. So if you could go back in time <laughs> right there you're like you've lost me because we can't. How can I answer a question when it's so not there's no truth at all that can happen. But I'm just going to ask you to play along. If you could go back in time so you've, you've lived through the Trump four years, the first four years, hopefully yeah. the last. And you lived through the eight years of Obama, which we felt were progressive and going in a good direction. Yeah. Would you go back to 2008 and have McCain win the presidential election to avoid having Trump? So meaning, would you give up Obama
1: to get rid of Trump's last four years? Shut. When did... The Affordable Care Act passed. Was it in his first term or second term?
0: Oh my god! Should we ask? Google I think it what? was his second term. I can actually. look it up. I have a phone. I, I think it,
1: I'm pretty sure it was his second term. So if he wasn't there, we probably wouldn't have had the Affordable Care Act we in his second the second term. Oh, I think it was also year. because the Democrats had to take Congress. Yeah. So it was his second term.
0: 2010. No, 2010 was oh, first his first term. term.
1: Okay, so his first term. So he could have passed it. So we'd have gotten that benefit even if McCain came later.
0: No, no, no. McCain and Obama went head to head in 2008.
1: Oh, you mean no Obama at no all? Obama. Oh, no Obama. To get rid of ever.
0: Trump, to to not have this experience for four years, would you go back to 2008 where McCain won and there was never an Obama?
1: Ever? No, I would not. No, I would not. I think it was important that Obama won. I think it was important that we had a younger person. It was a, I think it was important that we had a black person as president. Um, I think he was a great... President and a great person and a great example of character, and I think John McCain would have been also. Oh yeah, but I think we're sorely lacking for younger leaders and examples of leadership. And you know, here's an election where we've got two old white guys in their seventies. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, so we need more of uh, people you know who are young and different. And Pete Buttigieg is in. Yeah, and Andrew Yangs and those kind of people. Yeah.
0: So you would not erase Obama to erase Trumps. History as president. Okay, that's a good answer.
1: No, because you know what? There's no guarantee that Trump shit wouldn't have happened anyway.
0: Maybe it would have happened sooner.
1: Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. You don't know. That's a Maybe uh, something worse would have happened. That's one of those
0: crazy questions, and I know you have a hard time answering it because it's not based on any reality because the first sentence is Imagine you could go back in time and you're like, I'm leaving because
1: it's also not useful. Like how does it guide do something in the future
0: there's no don't. no it, some of my things that pop in my head don't make sense
1: it's just navel gazing
0: it's whatever that means is that a third vocabulary term today navel gazing it's like
1: when you're stoned and you just look at your belly button for hours okay
0: yeah i do a lot of that even when i'm not stone these questions but that question came i was like oh because you know i think it comes from my obsessions with alternate reality like books You know, like like the, what if, what if the Germans won world war two, like the, that TV show, the, um, the man in the high castle. And what if, what if John F Kennedy wasn't shot? And what if the challenger didn't explode? Like all these other possibilities when something big and huge drastic happens in the world, in my mind, I think that's a point in our universe timeline where it's split.
1: What if the asteroid didn't hit Guatemala and knock out the dinosaurs? Well, we wouldn't be here. Would we? Or wouldn't we? Or would would someone else be here? Or would we look like... Well, I don't
0: think we would be here. We probably wouldn't be here because they had been here for millions and millions. We've only been here for like 250,000 years. They've been here for millions and millions of years. So we would not be ready. And we wouldn't have had the opportunity to crawl around and then grow up. they'd be
1: eating us, yeah. Because
0: they would be eating us. So you want to fucking blow up all your brain? Think about that. Like... (laughs) We are, ha- we are an accident because this planet really belonged to the dinosaurs. We are the accident that an asteroid hit. That's crazy.
1: That's crazy. My mind is blown. So
0: when we're all walking around like, we're special. No, you're a motherfucking accident because an asteroid flew into the planet. You shouldn't even be out of the water yet. Because the amount of time we've been here is like a fucking 10 seconds in the time the out al- the not even maybe like a minute oh that's more but we've been here in such a small time compared to how long the dinosaurs roam this planet
1: well, I'd love to talk about this for a few more hours. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we should talk about this when you come back on the show. The dinosaurs. Yes. The, maybe. I'm going to write should. that. All right. I love you. I love you. Okay. All right. Thank this you. This has been fun. Thank you for having All me. All right.
0: We'll see you back in a couple months. Okay. And for me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Is that uh, a bye-bye b- calling? Is there a bye-bye? <laughs> b- okay, bye. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this week's episode of Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe, please subscribe to the podcast. You'll get alerts when new episodes air. Also check out Flight Attendant Joe on Facebook and Instagram. And if you still haven't had enough of me, (laughs) check out the blog at www.flightattendantjoe.com.